Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today we are revisiting our interview session. And today we're going to be interviewing Christy Scarrow. But before we get going and introduce her into the podcast, I just want to set the stage. Greg and I have been friends for a very long time. And we had a, a very brief pre-meeting. Uh, and I think we're still good. Are we good, Greg? We are still good, Alistair. I wasn't sure because he's got this really strange look on his face. So he either has something very good to talk about, or I'm really not sure what it is. Well, I did, actually, I have a, uh, I, I think it is a fire truck or something going on in the back. So I'm, it's in a distance, but I'm wondering if it's coming. So I'm just smiling because I think sooner or later, we're, you, we may be hearing sirens. Everything is okay, folks. Don't worry about it. It's not at my house. And even if something does happen, the show will continue and uh, Christy and I will carry on, Greg. So we'll, the we'll show be good. goes on. <laughs> Absolutely. So just to uh, carry on, Greg and I have been managers for a long time. And throughout this series, we have discussed how we and others have missed the mark as managers or leaders and the lessons we have learned from others and the experience on how to do things better. And we have had the pleasure of having others pull up to the dining diner table in this podcast series to help us through that process and to discuss current issues of our times and effects that affects every leader manager and employee and we have just had some great discussions greg so far oh yeah some great discussions and looking forward to this one as well so today uh interview session christy scarrow and she's going to be talking about her book which i believe is entitled truth warriors so welcome christy thank you alistair thank you greg i'm really excited to be a part of this today so I get to do the official stuff. So the bio, this is going to sound very formal, Christy. Uh, Christy has been helping individuals, teams, and organizations to make decisions for more than 20 years. She is a consultant, trainer, speaker, and executive coach. As a partner at Lighthouse Nine Group, with me as a partner as well, she works with multinational clients and small businesses across many diverse industries. Christy is an expert in finding clarity within uncertainty and simplicity from com the complex. She helps leaders to be confident in the choices they make. She is passionate about building a world based on truth. And I am so excited that you're here, uh, Christy. And, and uh, of course, we've been on a journey uh, for listeners uh, together, both when I was writing my book, Christy would encourage me and nudge me and she's an amazing researcher to say, hey, you know, I found this, I've been doing this research and you should check this out, Greg, you should check this out. And then I would pre-read some things and share my things. So I'm just so excited that yesterday was the big day that it yes. officially went live. Yes, it did. It was, uh, as you know, Greg, a bit of a stressful experience, stressful and exciting at the same time. And uh, it's, as you said, it's been so good to have a partner in crime at this journey because it can be quite an emotional toll in, in putting yourself out there and really, for me, kind of clarifying my purpose and the passion in the world. And you, I think, were along the path well before me. So I've, uh, I've learned from you in that. And I'm really excited that I'm at this place now where I can get it out there a little bit more and, and build upon it. Well, and it's so exciting. And of course, I was an early reader in the book and, and a part of the writing group that was kind of writing alongside. And, and I was just so thrilled with some of the stories. And then out of this came an, uh, an assessment that you've created, which is a powerful tool of 
inner reflection that, that really links to a lot of things you're talking in the book. So uh, I think we should just dive right in and, and just begin by Christy, if you could share a little bit of the genesis of this book. So how did it start and, and uh, what's the intentions behind it? Yeah, honestly, for me, it started with a bigger idea that initially I thought would turn into more of a speaking uh, platform which I thought would be a good idea to launch in 2020 when speaking became no longer a thing. So, but the idea was that I really wanted, you know, I felt like the world was divided. Like we saw so much and in turn in 20, I don't think we could even have imagined how much more so we saw that, but I saw so many people being so adamant about what they believe and, and swirling around and these conflicts that were arising in, in discussions and social media, just blowing up and, and as we saw in 2020, that got even worse. And it just made me realize, you know, it's really important to me that, and it's a lesson I've learned, I think, in my life to really lean into other perspectives. And I started to think, how do we, how do we stop this? How do we stop this idea of like, I'm right and you're wrong? And it kind of moved around an idea of truth for me, which is hence the truth warrior origin. And it's about like my truth is not your truth. It can't possibly be. Your experience is not going to be the same as my experience. Your beliefs are not going to be the same as my beliefs. And in some ways, of course, that is okay. And I want people to recognize that their beliefs do not define them, that they can actually and should actually question their own beliefs and respectfully have dialogue about other beliefs and actually seek out differences um, and question whether or not they're actually got the full picture. And I hope with that idea, it allows people to, to pause and recognize that we all have these biases. We all um, are, you know, make these, these assumptions and how do we question them? How do we stop? And my ultimate goal honestly was to, to bring better connection. And that's why I talk about a world based on truth because for me, that means better connection. And then what I sort of realized in, in that idea that was swirling in my head is it does actually tie to the work I'm doing. You know, I, I help leaders, I help organizations to clarify their path and make better decisions. And ultimately that is all about creating better connection and clarity. And it's about kind of thinking about the decisions that we make by considering other perspectives, considering our bias, considering our beliefs. So they all kind of came together in a bit of a ball. And as I wrote the book, it started to formulate into something more meaningful. And my goal was to have a bigger message about listen to each other, believe in yourself and question everything. At the same time, real, really hopefully practical tips for how people can, can think differently. That's, that's the, the essence of it, actually. Well, you know what, I love that. And what I particularly love about your book is, is it, yes, it is useful for folks in work. Uh, there's some great practical things of how do I show up? How do I bring my truth forward while allowing others to release their truth as well? Because that's where powerful innovation, ideas, breakthroughs, problem solving happens with regards to it. But I also love that throughout your book, there are a lot of personal stories. Uh, there, so are there business stories, personal stories, because we are one person. It's not like, okay, I'm going to show up this way here, this way here, and this way here but all your tools are multi-transferable across uh, the different roles that we play in life. And I found that really helpful and, and putting some language around uh, being able to have these discussions. Yeah, and I think, thank you, because I think it was really important, you know, when you're writing a book, you're sort of burying your soul a little bit. And I, I certainly do. And I had my husband read it because as you know, he, he shows up as a main character in the book at times. 
And I tell the story, a, a really important story in my life about how he was in the hospital for, for a number of months and he had brain surgery and then final surgery. And the message on that, despite the fact that I really learned how to navigate through that, was also about one of advocacy, right? And speaking up. And that was a big part of the book for me too, because leaning in, being able to have different, you know, consider different perspectives also means being willing to speak your truth and be willing to advocate for yourself and for others. So that also kind of came in. I felt like in the book, it, it touches on a lot of different areas, but that one was really important to me. And it's, it's actually swirling around in my mind as something that I may want to focus in on another book more in depth because it is so it is such an important piece of of what, what truth is for me which is being willing to um have those difficult conversations and advocating for my husband um and advocating in the healthcare system if you've ever had to do it is uh is a challenge and I, I learned that firsthand how important it was to be his advocate and I share a few other stories about that that same sort of process so I really did want the book to, to feel personal, to be authentic, to share my struggles, because frankly, that's probably more interesting than sharing, uh, sharing uh, you know, a whole bunch of historical facts. So uh, that was my intent. And I, and I hope that that also sort of brings to life some of the concepts. Yeah, Christy, I, I really like that. There's two things that you said there that really resonate with me. And the, and the first one is about advocating within the health system. And uh, my family has gone through a season and uh, we've lost a number of people and through that process advocating and for the health system to know that you are going to be advocating on their behalf uh, made what happened a lot more uh, bearable and we had a better relationship with the staff and that was good. But the other thing going back a few minutes ago, which was kind of an aha moment for me, was questioning yourself, your own beliefs, your own, uh, what you think is going on. Because I think that's so paramount in a relationship, whether it's work or personal, that how are you going to uh, relate to somebody else and appreciate what they're saying if you just figure everything you're saying is the gospel, that you know, you're absolutely right. And I really like that posture that whether it's with them or just within yourself, that every once in a while you do a bit of a check and say, okay, this is what I believe. Does that bear out right now? Have I changed? Have I been exposed to other things? And how can you go, I, I'd like that because how can you go into a discussion with somebody else about something perhaps very difficult if you just figure you're right? And I, I wonder what, kind, you know, I think we've all been in conversations like that. We might've been, you know, the hard nut in that conversation as well. But I really, really like that. I think that's so helpful. And it was a bit of an aha moment. You know, every time we talk to somebody on this podcast, we always get something out of the conversation. And uh I got my aha moment pretty early in the conversation. So thank you. <laughs> I'm glad. And, uh, and I'm sure I will equally get some aha moments as we continue the dialogue. But I, I think that idea and something that recently is a concept that I've been trying to share even more to build on it is the idea of finding common ground may not always be possible. I may never under, fully understand what you believe or why you believe it but I might at least be able to recognize that our beliefs are different. And, and oftentimes there's something we can find that's common among us, even if we can you know, see something that, even though I can say, I don't understand why you believe that. And, and a good example for me, I, I hate to get political, but of course with, with Trump um, and that being a very big political divide, 
Um, I, I was trying to really understand. It wasn't something I, I, that was clear to me. Okay, why, why are people voting for Trump? It's here as I'm a Canadian. But I actually tried to understand why that might be. And I was seeking out information that was different to my beliefs because I wanted to understand why they might feel that way and what, what information they're being exposed from. What might be the driving force behind, behind that? Because clearly a number of people believed in him. And so what I purposely tried to do rather than dismiss that belief was to go, there's got to be a reason that they believe that. And, and uh, I want to understand that. And I think, I don't think that's something I'm naturally good at. I think I have to really be purposeful about going, other people think differently. Why is that? And if I don't stop and ask the question, it's easy to barrel ahead and just dismiss it. But that's, that's the lesson that I keep trying to, to remind myself of. And that's my hope is others will, will do the same. I love that. And I, you know, I was talking to someone this morning who is, does a lot of work on, um, uh, in poverty on the streets and homelessness and that type of thing. We talked about how, how, uh, people approach that in a way, you know, this person must be this way. And we had this whole dialogue around this power of stepping back and having a wider lens and, and trying to see what's behind that. What's the broader story that's happening here because in the moment we just see the narrow story and the narrow story is blinded by our glasses that we have on and our experiences that you've talked about there. And so finding those ways in which you can pause and to dig deeper uh, are, are really, really powerful because to your point, I think we find bridges. Uh, we find some bridges. I always said years ago that if you had two employees that were struggling, put them on a flight to California together and sit them beside each other. And by the time they get to California, they will find something that they have in common. And I, I swear this has worked every time because they find they're still 90% different, but they find 10%, oh, you used to play this. Oh, your sister did this. There's a commonality. And for some reason that breaks things down a little bit. They still might be disagreeing on the 90%. But that 10% is pretty powerful. And you know, if you trust somebody and you understand that when you disagree, it's much easier to kind of let that go and not sort of not to sort of throw out judgment of that person's crazy or that person is, you know, is wrong. You just think they think differently because you've already built a bit of that foundation or you have some understanding that is shared. I love that idea of sticking people on a like as you said, just by nature of of that closeness and the, and the conversation, you can almost always find something that's common. That's a, that's a neat way of thinking about it. I'm not going to give the name of the airline, but it's all about the shortbread cookies. <laughs> I love the shortbread cookies. <laughs> you, you really get to measure somebody when they sit beside you and they don't take the shortbread cookies. I'm sorry. It's over. It's absolutely over. Uh, Christy, uh, what are the top messages you want people to take away from this book? Um, for me, it is that idea of it's a foundation of understanding and celebrating how we think as a starting point and then and then thinking differently. So it it is about that's why the, the assessment that I have created as part of it, you know, allows people to understand how they naturally make decisions or lean in, into conflict. And I think by starting with an initial understanding of your way of thinking sets the scene to say, how do I now understand others better? So if I know that, that I tend to be more assertive, um, which I'd say is, is the case, uh, it means for me, I need to listen better. 
I need to be better at pausing and listening and not reaffirming my opinion uh, because I've started by self-awareness of recognizing that, that in myself. And I recognize that, that it has some strength and that I'm quite willing to express my opinion as Greg well knows, um, but I'm also then might miss his opinion uh, or others. So it's, <laughs> or, or maybe yours, Alistair, if Craig's opinion is even less good. Um, but uh, I think that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a balance for me. It's balancing. And I, and I talk about decision-making and, and conflict on a spectrum because I really think it's important that we, we think about both the strength that we bring and the opportunity to think differently. I love that. I love that discernment. I think that's so healthy. I think we've all worked for people that, are just single-minded and and just that discernment. I some of the best people I've worked for, uh, for like the first half of a meeting, they don't say anything. They're just listening. They're just soaking it up, seeing who's at the table, who's not at the table. What are people saying? What are they not saying? And when they come in, they're very deliberate. And I just love that kind of discernment piece that really rings true for me and in, in my experience. Well, and when I when I I talked to a bunch of leaders and interviewed them as part of the book, and what was really what was common on every single one of them is that whether or not they were more assertive or um, averse is kind of the spectrum. So whether they were a listener or a speaker, they learned to move the other way. And similarly, if they were more rational or intuitive, they recognized the need to shift the other way. So it was all about the shift. And so I spoke to a man who was a, a, you know, an engineer, um, very technical minded, very much about needing all the information to make a decision, much more introspective, now the CEO of his company is like, I know I have to let go of information. I know I need to um, approach things differently. I can't be the one that solves all the problems. Even though if I can solve all the problems, I recognize I need to walk into a room and say to everybody, like I'm, I, I am equal in this room and I, and I don't want everyone to think I'm right. Because if everyone thinks I'm right, then I'm not gonna hear from you. And, and, that, and those strong leaders, I think recognize that they need to find that balance. They need to move within it. They need to recognize how their teams do think differently and, and how to leverage their strengths. Because I've worked with people who are like, yeah, I'm just being told I don't make decisions quickly enough. And, and my starting point is, well, let's understand what the benefit of that is, which is sure, okay, so you're the validator in the company. Everybody else is jumping forward and, and running with ideas. And Greg and I know as sevens on the Enneagram, we're the idea people that plow forward. And we both actually have, uh, have spouses that are sixes on the undergram who hold us back and try to bring you know rational and thought to our, our crazy ideas. But that balance is really important. And in fact, Greg, you're, I, always, I say to you, you're one of the people who, who helped my husband in making me realize that his perspective and his rational ideas was not so much a, you know, Christy, your ideas suck. It was a, Christy, think about the other I, you know, other ways to think about this. And I think that's, that's the key as a leader is it's going, okay, you add value in these discussions because of your style. And, but this is maybe how I need you to think a little bit differently in these circumstances. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, Alistair, we're, we're in between two podcasts, Christy. Uh, one that we did last week, which was uh, entitled Intention and one that's coming up entitled Impact. And we often talk about those two things is that even with good intentions, you can leave a wake 
of bad impact. And so I, what I love about your book and the assessment is it really helps a leader or an individual just create deeper self-awareness of who they are and how they show up. Because even with good intentions, and you and I are higher energy, big ideas, love to push forward, see the possibilities. But I've said in the past that in my career, sometimes I've left meetings saying, wow, man, I knocked that out of the park. Everybody was so excited. I am a visionary leader in my own mind. Uh, and then being told really beautiful, strong conversations saying, yeah, if half the people were exactly like that. And then the other half of the people probably like Josette and Mike that were saying, oh my goodness, they were spinning out of control. So that idea of awareness of how I show up both in conflict and decision-making um, and just being a deeper aware of what's happening and what my impact is and how I can adjust, I think is so powerful. I'm going to have to take this, uh, this assessment. I'm sorry I didn't do it before this because Greg and I have to work out our relationship here and we might need you for counseling during this, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I will take it later on this week and we might have to have you back to uh, uh, intervene in our relationship. So this should be good. Yeah, I think that's... Uh... I mean, it, it, I, and I know you're, you're, I'm assuming you're jo joking with Greg and your relationship, but it's really interesting because oh, you're saying no. Um, so, <laughs> so, but, but I think it's really an interesting challenge because I think, you know, I, I know that's the journey I've gone on a lot of my relationships. And I think, you know, as you get older, you, and I've recognized how differently my brain actually works from others. Honestly, that was a journey in itself is sort of going this idea of common sense doesn't really exist. You know, my idea of common sense is different than your idea of common sense. And unless I, I can create that self-awareness and, and like you were saying, Alistair, we, you know, all these different assessments that you've kind of done through the years, each time could point to certain interesting tidbits that, you know, may or may not resonate, but each of them is one more opportunity to kind of go, oh, okay, you know, that's right. Maybe I, I need to re be reminded that I think that way and not, not everybody else does. I always find that the most powerful parts of any assessment, which is a little bit about what I think, but more so, wow, is that ever different from what, what they think? Or, and that's what, uh, what, what I love about them. I think there's, there's such a power in, uh, you know, Greg and I have been around for a while and we both have had multiple careers. And I just, I just wish I had the perspective now, then what I had now where, you know, you get this, you know, get some uh, miles on you and you, you, deal with different situations and you have different responsibilities and I went, man I wish I knew some of this when I was 22 years of age it would have made a, a serious difference yeah I, and, and it's interesting because when I wrote the book I was sort of thinking I was writing it to my younger self and going like pay attention to this pay attention to the fact and when I started thinking about conflict the book I was reading was actually all about um conflict debt and how people, you know, don't are afraid to have difficult conversations. And I actually kind of went, I'm sort of good at having difficult conversations almost to my detriment. And I realized I had, I had team members who may not be as good. And if I didn't you know, be careful of my own approach, I might be alienating. And, and Greg and I have talked about this because of course, you know, we're going down this writing path around the same time with his book of safe and brave and said, probably for our own development, um, I'm, I, I can work probably a little bit better on the brave side of it, and he can work a little bit better on the safe bit of it. 
because I'm pretty good at expressing my opinion uh, and speaking up and I need to be a little better at making sure others feel comfortable and confident in theirs. And that's, uh, that's the piece that I think is important. And you know, the great thing about this is that like emotional intelligence, this is all, you're able to grow these things through a choice because I might know who I am. I might know my truth. I might know how I'm approached, but whatever I decide to do with that, either if I'm too safe and not brave enough or, or too brave and not, not safe enough kind of thing in those spaces. But with all of these things, it's, it's about awareness and then it's about choice to decide to grow and learn. But, you know, I love the fact that you, you wrote the book to your younger self and some folks on here might be older and further along in their career and say, you know what, man, I'm, I'm in my, I'm in my rut. It's really hard to shift, but I believe that we can shift. It's with awareness and choice and then deciding what I want to do um, and, and, and your tools and some of the, some of the assessment and the guides and the stories allow folks to kind of that to resonate uh, and and then to apply yeah because even even though i think that was my intention and it, and it still is and i still think because as you said alistair the younger version of yourself is really you know for me anyway i had no idea what i was doing half the time so and 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 i'm much better now at, at i think recognizing what i don't know whereas when you're young you kind of think you know it but you don't actually know it and you you don't really figure that out till you're older. So I think there's there's a balance for those that are younger who may not, you know, are, are just trying to get into this world of navigating more difficult decisions and trying to figure out how to support their teams. There's some some clear messages and support there. But I think as we're older in our, our careers and in our lives, it's we have more awareness of that ability to grow and that ability that we, we don't know that much and could actually, you know, and and this whole writing a book and, and shifting towards um, a different way of, of getting my message to the world has been a whole massive new overwhelming learning challenge. And I've had to live my own advice sometimes about how to get you know, less overwhelmed. And uh, it's, it's been good to put into practice because it, we're, we're constantly trying to think of new ways, I think, to, to stretch and grow. And there's different times in our lives, I think, where that becomes more relevant. I like the idea of, of confidence. You, you had it in there. Uh, I think sometimes we mistake confidence for knowing everything. You know, being confident sometimes means, oh, yeah, I don't know that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's actually a very healthy thing to say that, you know, I don't know how, that at all. I think it's amazing that the two of you have written a book, uh, you know, each. And that I'm pretty sure, and I've said this to Greg, that, you know, three years ago, you guys didn't know how to write a, a book, but you guys were confident that this is what you wanted to do. You're going to go down a process and you learned the things that you needed to learn. You developed the relationship with the people you needed to develop a relationship with to get this going. And I think that's a, that's a, a great inspiration to the rest of us. Personally, I'm not going to be writing a book, but, you know, there's other people out there that might have that project or a different project. And I just think that, you know, you guys are living out that confidence piece knowing, yeah, listen. I don't know how to write a book. I'm going to go to this writing group and hang out with a bunch of those folks for a bit. And then, you know, you find an editor and all these other things. I, I just think it's fantastic. Uh, and I, th I think that's a really important, it's a balance of being confident, but I think recognizing that that journey is going to be painful. And it, and each time I think it's going to get easier, it gets painful in a different way. It's a little bit like children. If you, you know, you think you get past the hard stage of them sleeping through the night and then you, then they're toddlers and you get past the toddlers 
and now I have a 15 year old and you worry about them for a totally different reason. And with the book, I was thinking about the fact that when I was first writing it, the hard bit was simply going like, what am I going to write about? How is this going to be structured? How am I going to write all of these content and get the right messaging? And then once that happened, I'm like, how are people going to buy this book? How am I going to get the message out? Because initially I didn't even care about people buying it. I just wanted to write it. And then after you write it, you want people to buy it. And now that people are literally starting to buy it as of yesterday, now I'm like, now I hope they like it. So it's never, it's a never ending, you know, battle with limiting beliefs. And I think that's okay. And the one thing that's a big message to me that I'm trying to impart, you know, in some of my social media, just in support of the book and the message is, you know, do it anyway. That That's the warrior piece of it. That's to me, the balance of truth and, and warrior, which is, it's about being brave brave in terms of being brave and, and vulnerability and brave in terms of it's going to be hard it's going to be hard but it's going to be worth it and I, I'm just going to do it anyway so it's 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 hard and that's what brave to me means to me and I think it's just like a reminder that if anybody who is wanting to go on this journey whether it's a book or, or start a podcast which I got to say would scare the crap out of me so um it's it's just feeling like your what's your why behind it and when it gets hard don't give up on it do it anyway the other thing that's bubbling up for me with this is the the in addition to confidence at least my personal experiences and i and i believe this is in your book too christy is the the power of community uh and community in a couple of different ways right so community to support you and encourage you but also back to an earlier conversation around difference of truths. Um, I've started to surround myself with others that I respect, but that have different opinions and different truths than I do. And what I find is it's it's a, like a it's like the 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 sharpening of the of the sword kind of thing that allows it. Like I respect them as individuals, but we have completely different quote truths. And so that idea of community and the importance of it in this journey, I'd love you to just kind of talk about your thoughts of, of, of that. Well, and it's funny because I've been catching myself lately saying, you know, I want to be around like-minded people. And I've actually, every time I start to say that, I, I say, no, I want to be around different-minded people because the community, and you and I have talked about this, Greg, is like, who are the right people as part of the community? Who are the right people in the room? Uh, you know, whether it's part of a, a decision, am I, am I seeking out a different perspective or am I looking just to validate my own perspective? And a community is so essential for that. And, and even if you, so if you're looking for people who are just like you, then you may have this sense of community, but it's also a false, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be restrictive in terms of actually being able to grow and learn. So I do think that com community and, and, you know, I'm so grateful as this launch has taken place that I've got such a great community of supporters and who have, who've helped me through this. And I think, so there's a balance between having your community to support you and having your community to challenge you. And I, I want both. I mean, admittedly, when they do challenge me, I can't say I'm the most receptive, but I think intuitively and rationally, I want people to challenge me. Don't, don't tell my husband that. But um, that's kind of, I think it is important. I think it's really important to, to think about the fact that are you allowing people into your community that think differently? Yeah. And you know what? It's also hard when you're passionate about something and it's a real, when it's a core truth or a passion, 
Uh, and that's exactly when, I mean, this is a simple solution, a simple example, but I know for both of us, even on our, um, even on our covers of our books, you know, we got excited about certain things and then people who we love and we trust both said, huh, you know, I don't <laughs> think so. I, you know, here's what, here's what I think it's missing for me. And here's that, but those are the things you want. You know, I, I do love people encouraging me, but I so want people to tell me, uh, a truth uh, in a respectful way that is caring and wanting for me to grow. So it's what's my perspective. So I agree having those folks around you that uh, care about you enough to declare their truth, even if it's different from yours, to help widen that lens. I think that is such a, an important aspect. I really like that. And I, I think what I like in life is a balance where there's times when I need people that are very different than me. But there's also times when I need people that are like me. And I think having worked for a long time and been in a bunch of different situations, I've come to appreciate that it is so important at time to surround myself by very different people who have different attitudes and different knowledge. But there's also times when you need a bit of respite or just a little bit of energy, uh, you know, bring up your energy to be with people that are like you as well. And I think it's important in life to have a balance. But I really, I think the hardest lesson for all of us is to sit in a room with a bunch of people that are very different from us and learn from them and listen and be open to what they're they're talking about and realize that you don't have all the answers and you need to listen to some of the stuff that's going on. Yeah, and, and to build on that, probably you, it, it, and if they're not like you, the other thing is, do they understand you? Are they willing to listen to you? Because it can be quite exhausting to have somebody challenging your opinion. And, and obviously kind of, you say, get a respite to, to be away from that challenge because like you, Greg, in fact, you've helped me with this. I recognize my body tense up and my energy. That was never something that was even part of my, you know, thinking, I think, you know, a couple of years ago, but I know that when someone disagrees with me, it's, I, I feel it. And it, it's a, whether or not you kind of let yourself feel it, but as soon as you feel understood, even if they're like, they don't agree, but they understand that makes all the difference. And that is, so if you're surrounding yourself with different people who understand you, uh, who understand maybe, yeah, then, then that helps, I think. Yeah, that's great. So uh, we'd love to uh, also kind of get your perspective. This podcast, Christy, is, uh, is really about how we've journeyed through our management experience and uh, through things that we've learned from managers, things that we've learned as managers, both the good stuff and the yikes stuff, uh, both both stuff. And so uh, um, I wonder just for you to share, if you could share, you know, what are the things that as you uh, began, if you've gone through your career and as you've got to this point, what are the things that, that really stood out to you as the things that most help, um, help advance you, help build your confidence as an individual? Yeah, well, I guess around the same theme because I'm so passionate about it, not, not to be a broken record, but I think what did help me to be a stronger manager and, and probably what I saw in managers that I didn't have as much respect for was that sort of, you know, simple, that straight minded, this is the way it needs to be. So as soon as, you know, I, I know I became a better manager when I was able to turn off the, this there's one way to do it kind of mentality and, and allowed much more consideration to other ideas. And I think I, when I had the leaders that I looked up to um, allowed, allowed different perspectives and weren't the smartest people in the room. So for me, 
Um, I think I had to go from trying to be the smartest person in the room when I was younger to recognizing that that's not what I, that's not who I want to be. Um, my, my opinion should not be the group's decision and my opinion is not empowering in itself. I, I want my team to feel like, feel, in order for my, for my team past to feel ownership, I recognize the need to, to take more of a, of a listening perspective. So that was probably, you know, and when I talk about there are probably big thing around accountability because a lot of this is probably more so in the clients I deal with, but I see it in the leadership challenge is, you know, I, I want my people to be more accountable. And I recognize that even is, I, I probably as a leader, or I've seen it used as more of a disciplinary boundaries, like accountable means you follow these rules. And, I, and again, I don't think that's the case. I think if you're accountable, if you're accountable to one another, it means you're committing to one another. You're committing to big, wonderful goals that you can work towards together. It doesn't mean that I have to hold you, know, hold you accountable and tell you you didn't do what you have to do, where we have enough respect for each other. So, so those are things that probably I've, I've struggled with and, and just that, yeah, I think that's those top of mind. Uh, I don't know if I, if I fully answered your question I've, uh, on that one, but. Yeah, well, I, what I love about that is it also comes back to your book too, because if those leaders had been truth warriors that were committed to both creating the space for others and also sharing their truth, maybe giving feedback that was important for you to grow and learn, um, you know, to, to be able to step in when they need to step in, be able to hold back and hold space when they need to hold back and hold space. You know, the opposite of both those, the, the challenging leaders that you had work. It's funny how truth just bubble up out of us. And I think your book almost captures some of those things that um, if, if folks uh, began to leverage, uh, began to think about, began to be just more aware of and present of how they're showing up and how they want to show up to do that, how much better those workplaces would have been uh, and, and both how much growth you would have had through those processes. Those comments really, really resonate with me. And, and I just sitting here listening to accountability, which means, Greg, that in about two weeks, we're going to have to do one on accountability. Uh, this is how we, Chrissy, this is how we come up with topics. They just come out of other topics. But there, there's two things I'm sitting here doing right now. One, grieving those situations where, uh, you know, accountability was a very negative thing. And then at the same time, celebrating some of those experiences where uh, you knew what the people's intention was. They were bringing you along. They gave you the space. They gave good feedback. They're good encouragement. And it's funny. I'm sitting here. And I, I'm doing. I'm. I'm holding on to two emotions at the same time. I think that was really, really insightful. Yeah. No. Thank you. Because I think accountability is something I've been, you know, grappling with because it does feel like such a negative when people bring it up. It feels like these rules you're going to enforce it's a little bit like process. And I do some work on that. And it, 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 it incites fear because it feels like a boundary. And if we didn't look at it like a boundary and instead we looked at it like something that will bring us closer together and bring us closer to a common goal, it's so much more meaningful. And I think the leader has the ability to role model and that. And I think the best leaders that I've had you know, have enabled that in me and have made it feel like achieving something wasn't, you know, wasn't hit me with a stick kind of thing. And, and that's probably another, thinking of another lesson as a leader that I, I did, you know, in, in sales, 
I, I learn not to hit my people with the same stick I'm getting hit with. Um, so if it's, and, and if I, in this case, I had a customer, right, who was like demanding many things of me and to turn around and equally demand it back was, was you know, without the same, without being respectful in, in my own requests and demands. I think that sometimes, when I know when I go, go under a stressful situation, I go to that more directive approach, just get it done. We have to get it done. Greg's probably seen me in this mode. Um, and so I think it's recognizing where you go under stress too, right? And, and being able to go, okay, if I'm under stress now, our team is like trying to move forward on something. Now is not the time to double down and force everybody to do it and do it my way. It's the opposite, actually. It's, you know, take a step back, recognize what are the barriers, recognize what's in the way for the individual, because it could very well be different and help get those barriers out of the way as opposed to cracking the whip, which is probably as a leader, my go-to under stress that I now see in myself and, and uh, hopefully avoid more so in the future. Well, again, your intention is we got to serve the customer. We want to be successful. We want to get things done. Uh, but without pausing and reflecting of the how, how am I showing up? How am I, how am I, uh, what space am I creating in here? The impact could be, could be terrible. So I, I think that is, that is so, so true. And, uh, and it's a growth uh, um, uh, space that we all have. And, you know, in our conversations, we usually take the manager's perspective and the employee's perspective. And we often say, remember that your boss, your manager is also a human and going through things. So what are they experiencing? So we equally share for uh, employee mem employees and team members to say, hey, don't jump to conclusions as well about your boss. You don't know what's going on with them. And how do you show up differently to allow them to stabilize in the times that it might be a little, might be a little uh, crunchy? Yeah. And I think COVID, of course, has brought that out more than anything because we all we don't know what each individual is going through and that and the stress it's bringing. Alistair, you've got homeschooling behind you. I do as well. And you know, it's just the the the, the I feel for the parents that have really young kids that just you know are are doing their best to get by. And I think that's it's especially important as you know these struggles are happening behind the scenes to to remember that. And I know a lot of leaders who. Who are feeling that burnout because they have to keep their team motivated when them themselves are feeling the strain. I think that's important, right? Everybody's dealing with COVID and even if you're a boss, you're still somebody's employee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's uh, do some final thoughts and Christy, we'll go to you first. Uh, my, my final thoughts are that my encouragement would always be believe in yourself and question everything. And that's ultimately my belief in how we become better connected. It starts with the foundation of recognizing the strength you bring to the world and ultimately the, the strength that we can leverage from others. So the opportunity to have this conversation is, was really great for me because um, you know it's, it's a free flowing opportunity for us to discuss what I'm passionate about. And I can tell it uh, that both of you are really uh, passionate about supporting leaders. And for me, it's all about finding ways to have leaders feel good about what they're doing and empowering their teams to feel the same. Cool. Gregory? Yeah, the thing that's jumping away from me is the you said earlier on is that my truth uh, may not be your truth. Uh, 
but the power of truth is so important. Uh, it is important for me to share my truth within the context of still being open to others. And I think you said it, Christy, that sometimes each of us are stronger in one area than another. Uh, but how do we create that space? How do we be a truth warrior, but also create spaces for others to be truth warriors in that? And uh, just that awareness, um, because the power is in the collective truth, the, the truth, the, the, maybe not the, the learning from each other's truths, to uh, even be a, have a better experience and to move things forward. So that's what's really jumping out for me uh, from today. How about you, Alistair? I think uh, I'm sitting here and I'm so thankful for some of the experiences that I've gone through, the good ones and the bad ones. And there are a number of those. And I'm uh, one of the benefits of uh, having been in the workforce for many, many years is that you get the benefit of experience. And to have a conversation like this at this stage means a lot to me. It probably would have meant nothing to me as a 22 year old, but I'm just so thankful for uh, kind of the wisdom and the knowledge that is uh, sitting around the table here at the diner, virtually speaking, of course. And I just think this is a really good conversation. And to me, the final thing, uh, I think the big point here for me is who are you when you show up? What are your triggers? What is your approach? What do you need to rethink? You need to be open and listen, but how are you showing up on any, in any given situation, any given day? And I think that's probably compounded by COVID and just the, the difficult way to, that we have to communicate these days. So I thank you for that. Now, uh, Christy, uh, your book, Truth Warrior, I'm gonna ask you to email me a link and we'll put it in the show notes so that uh, people can order your book by the thousands. Uh, and uh, that'll be good. And Greg will put your link in as well, as we always do, so that you can sell thousands of books as well. And uh, I just thank the, the two of you for taking uh, this journey. And uh, you know, today we're celebrating Christy's book, and I just think it's awesome. I think it's a real life lesson for those of us that know you, and I just met Christy, but that somebody went and uh, you know, I, I got to watch a bit of Greg's process from uh, the inside. And I just think it's uh, marvelous that, you know, the two of you have gone out there and, and written a book and every, you know, the ups and downs. And I certainly saw it with Greg, Christy. And, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, you have this great product. It's a great celebration. And uh, I just think it's a great thing that the two of you, you know, are sharing these things with us. And there's a lot of personal stuff in there as well. So to be vulnerable at the same time and yet to give people a lot of knowledge is just fantastic. So Christy, thank you very much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. And I think for me, I talk about having a, a tribe of truth warriors, a team and, and an army of truth warriors, because the only way that we can, you know, be successful. And I, and I, I, owe, I do owe a lot to Greg in this journey. And for those, you know, even Alistair, for others that we just met for bringing me on to talk about it, because it's so meaningful. And that idea of, you know, the more we can, can support one another in sharing these kind of messages, you know, the, the better the world will be. So I appreciate the opportunity to be here, to be a part of the, the good work that you're doing as well. Well, thank you very much. And to all our listeners, thank you for hanging out with us. Haven't recognized a, a city recently. And uh, we're not going to do it today either because I forgot to look at the analytics before I came on, but we will next week. But uh, we hope that we didn't... Um, uh, make anybody angry or we didn't uh, offend anybody because that's not the purpose of what we do here. But Greg, I think your philosophy lands very well on this episode as well. 
Yeah, we always end the end the episode with uh, a great insight that I learned uh, early on from a coach uh, that I used to go to, and that often I would leave her sessions with her uh, happy or peeves, uh, or with a joy or a bit of churn, and both were good. Uh, both are uh, joy is when I when I hear something and say, hey, you know, I am doing that. I'm feeling good. I'm making traction. And peeved or churn is when I hear something to think, oh, shoot, I, I still have work to do in that area. And uh, both are good uh, because they indicate uh, shifts. Uh, and as Chrissy said earlier, really just step into it, go for it, move forward. That's the power. So we do hope that you felt a little bit of joy today and maybe a wee bit of churn so that you could uh, now choose to move forward in the direction to growing and learning and becoming a better leader. That's awesome. So take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.